Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50 Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of starts, let's get to the show, shall we? In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your in the hunt Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, the good doctor himself. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Christopher Colon. Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Samuel, I'm well-rested. Uh, we're coming up a bye week, and I'm a little stressed because next time I watch the Dolphins play football, I'll be with you. Not with you, but on the same time zone as you. I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona on Sunday, landing literally at 10.30 a.m. West Coast time, skirting all the way to the casino there to get to the bar, place a couple parlay bets for the 4 o'clock Eastern games, and uh, watch the Dolphins the rest of the game against the Jets. So, yeah, a little nervous. Never, It's a long flight for me, um, but it's for my son's rugby. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I'll be watching, uh, having breakfast and watching the Dolphins play. It's weird. Well, not to piss in your Wheaties, but uh, technically Phoenix, Arizona is an hour ahead of California, so you will not be in the same time zone. And it's weird because they don't do daylight savings in Arizona. So for half the year, they're on the same time zone as us, and then the other half of the year, they're like an hour ahead. It's the most bizarre thing in the world, but they actually don't recognize daylight savings in Arizona. It's like a just a weird kind of thing that Arizona does. So, uh, so when it says they land at ten thirty local time, it'll be actually twelve thirty Eastern. No, it'll well for you, it'll be twelve thirty. Uh, meaning for, like the game mean, hasn't started yet. Uh, meaning for the East Coasters, yeah, it probably should not start yet. But I believe I believe Arizona is an hour ahead of California right now. So you would uh, you would not miss any of the game. That's good. There you go. Well, uh, we will have people that will be missing this game, including breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Jalen Waddle on the COVID list uh, happens Ugh. as Chris and I start the show. Uh, I don't even know if I fully processed this yet, Chris. There's so many different angles here. Um, you know, first and foremost, the entire running backs room has had COVID. Miles Gaskins, Sylvan Su- Ahmed, uh, Philip Lindsay, and I wasn't too worried about that. A because all of them are vaccinated and had maybe a shot of coming back to play the Jets. But even if they didn't, Chris, it's not like the Miami Dolphins are setting the world on fire with their running game. As long as we have Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddle against the Jets, I was feeling pretty confident. Now, uh, with the news coming out that Jalen Waddle is also COVID positive right now, along with Javon Holland, by the way, uh, we're going to talk about the Jets game in, in segment number three, but I do not like this news whatsoever. A, first and foremost, for the Miami Dolphins and Jalen Waddle. B, because I have Jalen Waddle on like three of my fantasy football teams and the playoffs are happening this weekend and uh, you don't just replace a Jalen Waddle in a PPR league. So I'm a little concerned for myself selfishly as well here, Chris. Uh, but what do you make of the news of Jalen Waddle? Um, having diseased boogers. Well, you keep cock-blocking me on the show already. I totally forgot. I didn't think about fantasy ramification. I as well have him in multiple playoffs. You know, I'm in five fantasy leagues, Sam. A little so excessive, I. I know. It's brutal. Uh, four are Yahoo. I'm in the playoffs in all four of them. The fifth one is our okayest fantasy football league, and I'm in the fucking consolation 
bracket. It's terrible. I, I try. You were like bragging, talking shit on this show like a month ago about how you were the top team in the league. And I don't think you've won yeah. since. And furthermore, I expanded the playoffs like three days ago just to try to get you into the playoffs and you still couldn't make it in. So I don't know. what. Well, the thanks, fuck Lamar Jackson. Like, I mean, one point like last week, he's been terrible for me. Um, I have zero running backs. Um, I'm like Urban Meyer. I'm trying to play Carlos Hyde of all people at running back, which is hilarious. But more breaking news happened overnight, Sam. Urban Meyer relieved of his duties. Who gets fired at midnight on a Wednesday? (laughs) (laughs) Urban Meyer. He's like, you know, knuckles deep in some blonde at a a pub and found out he's fired. Look, you know, the the funniest thing about Urban Meyer is like I put on Twitter, you know, what did he really do that was bad? And I have not had as many interactions with Twitter, the people that I've never heard of before, than that tweet because I just haven't been paying attention to what Urban Meyer's been doing outside of the really, really big things. But I'm like, is it really to the level of firing? I mean, the Jaguars are a bad team. They were a bad team, you know, for for many, many years. He's not going to fix it overnight. And then everybody reminded me about the bullshit that he did in Florida, the bullshit that he did in Ohio State, the bullshit he's been doing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he deserves to be fired. I I, uh, I rescind my question. Yeah, who would have thought the guy that uh, recruited Aaron Hernandez would be a bad person? Well, it wasn't even the recruiting as much as, like, remember the first murder? I can't believe I'm saying that as a real sentence. But the first murder that Aaron Hernandez uh, allegedly provided, uh, you know, police back at the days of University of Florida. And he covered up him being at a bar and, like, everything else that happened way back when. So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer. I guess when are they going to stop? I mean, other than Jim Harbaugh and uh, Pete Carroll, which technically was an NFL coach, went to college, came back to the NFL. Really, these guys do not have success. Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, and and it's all the same thing. Like the Nick Saban, especially knowing just you know Miami Dolphins, he came in talking to professional adult athletes with families like a Zach Thomas, like a Jason Taylor, as if they're college freshmen, and that just doesn't work. You can't talk to adults that way. You can't treat adults that way. The, the, the news came out of Lambo, the kicker that supposedly Urban Meyer said, hey, stop missing fucking kicks and kicked them in the leg. He, he said he wasn't a love tap, but he also said he did, you know didn't hit them like, as hard as he could. But if he has a force and finally he had to stop and go, don't ever fucking kick me again, dude. Like, I'm not a kid. And uh, these college coaches, just they're never going to succeed other than, like, you know, like I said, Jim Harbaugh and I guess Pete Carroll. Well, I mean, there's there's a few other examples there. I mean, most notably right now, Cliff Kingsbury was, uh, oh, was yeah. a college coach who's doing pretty well for the Arizona Cardinals these days. Jimmy Johnson, of course, stands out. Tom Coughlin. I mean, there are examples of college coaches coming to the pros and having success. But, you know, more often than not, it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different skill set as a coach to deal with professional adult athletes and, you know, young kids who um, are, are trying to figure out where their next meal is going to come from in many, many ways. Um, I personally didn't have a problem with the Josh Lambeau story. I can't believe that's what actually got him fired was, all right, this is too much. You kicked the shitty kicker in the shin. I mean, I actually think it's good. Co- it's, it's actually a good coaching advice. Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. I mean, you're a kicker. It's, he, he didn't say anything that all of us have not said on the couch this season about Jason Sanders, right? Like you fucking dipshit, make your extra points, kick your field goals. Uh, I guess you draw the, you have to draw the line at kicking the actual player physically, you know, assaulting one of your players is probably Dude, the owner of the far. AEW. who just put on an hour long Ironman match with Daniel Bryan and hangman page where they literally kicked the shit out of each other. But that's too far. Urban Meyer jokingly, maybe not jokingly, kick tap the kicker and told him to stop mi- missing fucking kicks. Well, maybe, uh, you know, no, so maybe if Lambo slapped his thigh this. while he kicked, you know, uh, maybe that would uh, that would have made him a better <laughs> sure leather pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, enough about Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're focused on another team in Florida, uh, the Miami Dolphins, who, uh, you know, look, it, it, it was a bye week. And in many ways, it was a really, really good bye week. But in many ways, kind of a mismatch of, uh, of of good news, bad news, and meh news, uh, as we alluded to Javon Holland, Miles Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, and Sylvan Ahmed, all on COVID-19 protocol, now with Jalen Waddell. Uh, so some big players there, starting players, contributing players, uh, possibly out against the Jets here, Chris. Uh, I don't know for and for another wave of bad news, but the NFL has had, I think, close to 80 COVID cases pop positive here since Sunday. Um, I'm not sure what at what point does the league finally just throw up their hands and say, you know what, we're postponing some games, much like they did last year. I mean, this is absurd what we're seeing right now in the NFL. Yeah, I wanted to throw something at the TV yesterday as Adam Schefter on NFL Live explained it as uh, they postponed games last year. 
Uh, they moved games around. It happened. The reason they're not doing that this year is there is a vaccine and there wasn't a vaccine last year, but that doesn't make any sense. They're still holding out vaccinated players that are testing positive. So there's still seven, eight, 14 from the Browns players that are getting quarantined, fully vaccinated with no symptoms. And it's still messing up the competition of the league. So that explanation doesn't make sense because you can still get it while vaccinated. You can still spread it while vaccinated. So him saying, oh, well, there's a vaccine now. That's not, that's why they're not postponing games. That doesn't check the box. Like they still should postpone games or move games around, especially this late in the season, Sam. I mean, look at the AFC. There is parity from the sixth to the 13th seed, which is us. The Miami Dolphins, we're in game back. So the AFC are all playing each other. They're all beating each other. Everyone's losing. Everyone's winning. It's, it's, it's a mixed match of everything. The last four weeks of the season, all of a sudden, teams like the Browns that are in it, teams like the Rams that are in it on the NFC side, have a handful of starters, like actual legitimate superstars, quarantine because they test positive. It's, it's blowing up, and they have to have a better plan than that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it really is going to change the balance of the playoffs this year. I mean, to, to think about the fact that a vaccinated player who has no symptoms, which, look, I, I, if you have COVID, you probably shouldn't play. I get it. But do they have to play the game? No, they don't. I mean, they, they, they showed last year that they can play on different days of the week. Now, that could affect the competitive balance as well. But, I mean, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Other than, I mean, we're, we're like three COVID tests away from you and I suiting up for the Miami Dolphins at this point. I mean, <laughs> I was like relieved to hear that Malcolm Brown, of all people, is uh, designated to return from IR. Yes. Like, oh, yay, we have a running back. Finally, we can have somebody who can sit back there and not run the ball this weekend. That, you know, the answer is to a real world possibility. Our two starting running backs were Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. Um, mid 2000s University of Miami Hurricanes uh, playing, suiting up for the Miami Dolphins. We didn't sign Lamar Miller. Duke Johnson will be elevated and uh, play off the practice squad. But can we talk about Sam? That we literally gave a gold uh, aqua jacket to Philip Lindsay, and he hasn't played since. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as we annoyed this guy, uh, we're looking, we're excited about what he's going to do. He doesn't play the next week. We have a bye week. Now he has COVID. <laughs> Let's well, talk about the curse of Perkinville. Let's talk about this too, by the way, because. He is just another in a long line of Houston Texans players that we have got that has done absolutely nothing for the Miami Dolphins in recent memory. Will Fuller still isn't back. He shattered his finger in four different places, like I alluded to a couple of weeks ago. Philip Lindsay shows up, makes one block. We all crown him as the next, you know, great running back in Miami Dolphins history. Gets COVID, has a bye, uh, is injured, can't play. And uh, yet we're still going to pursue Deshaun Watson this offseason. Have we learned nothing about Houston Texans offensive players coming to the Miami Dolphins? It's not a good fit. Please abort mission. Tua Tungabailoa is the quarterback that we need at this point. Especially yeah, sure. if There's 30 other teams in the NFL. Just like somebody, maybe send them a memo. Maybe we can tweet it. Uh, Garfinkel on Twitter or something. This is kind of a sticky note to Chris Greer. There's other teams in the NFL with players than the Houston Texans because that's who we keep going after. And like you said, doing nothing for us. Yeah. Let's get, let's go uh, scout players from the team that might lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend, who doesn't even have a coach. I mean, uh, you know, far for me to mock somebody losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, considering what we happened to do with Jacksonville earlier this year, I can't believe we gave urban Meyer his like first win for the, my, you know, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's embarrassing. Even more. So somebody else put it on Twitter, given what we know now about the toxic, you know, sort of environment that was happening in Jacksonville. The fact that they beat us, uh, maybe we should be eliminated from the playoffs just on that loss alone. Can we talk about like that, uh, which I keep saying that we're clearly literally talking. <laughs> can we talk about Yes, we can. Podcast. It's a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to get shit for that. I deserve it. Um, but yeah, we lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer's very short NFL career has very, very low highlights. And of course, the most Dolphin thing ever is where the biggest one, probably the biggest success of his NFL career, is beating the Miami Dolphins for his first victory in London on national TV in the morning of all times. Like, it's the most Miami Dolphins thing ever to be that that uh, snippet of trivia. Yeah, and you know what? You know, it's funny, too, is that, and that's why I'm a little bit concerned about this Jets game, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, is that the Miami Dolphins didn't have Byron Jones. They didn't have Xavier Howard in that game. People forget that we didn't have our starting cornerbacks in that game. We uh we put all of our hopes and we threw all of our chips into the middle of the table for Noah Igba fucking Nagane, and uh, he came back to burn us. I mean, they were legit 
receptions that happened in that game, including a touchdown that had either one of our cornerbacks been in Byron Jones or Xavier Howard, it doesn't happen. So people like to, uh, you know, think about the punt return fumble that, that wasn't, uh, people think about some other things that happened in that game. No, if our defensive starters had played in that game at the cornerback position, we would have easily won that game. It was that black and white. That's why I'm concerned about this Jets game, Chris, is all of a sudden Javon Holland, who has just been on a tear out. Jalen Waddell, who has been the best rookie wide receiver over the last five, six weeks, out. Miles Gaskin, who is a running back for the Miami Dolphins, out. Suvan Ahmed, who is also a running back for the Miami Dolphins, out. Philip Lindsay, out. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, you know, at some point, the balance of talent starts to even out between these two teams. And uh, that scares the little bit of not the shit out of me. It scares the fart out of me. We'll just, we'll just say that, um, you know, we'll get more into it with the jets game, but uh, who do you think steps up in their absence here, you know, over the next week or two? I mean, who, who on the offensive side of the ball uh, decides to grab the flag and run with it? Um, is there a wide receiver or, or a tight end or who, who becomes the focal point of this offense when Jalen Waddle's out? Yeah, my dad sent me a news uh, a snippet, actually, um, of, of uh, something about us protecting Kirk, Kirk Merritt on a practice squad. I guess somebody tried to uh, swoop him up, and we didn't let it happen. That, that's somebody that really could step up, uh, definitely a Mac Holland, maybe a Hunter Long. Maybe this is the Hunter Long game. Uh, but it's got to be something because, you know, Jalen Waddle's getting eight to ten catches a game the last, you know, six, seven weeks since two has been back healthy. He's obviously the guy he leans on. He's obviously the guy that gets open in separation for first downs uh, on big moments. He can catch it deep. He can run underneath. We all know that. Uh, so it's going to be have, have to be a combination of multiple people. I can definitely see him feeding Devontae Parker in this game, yeah. who is uh, healthier and he was leaning on a lot the last time we saw them play. The good thing is, and we'll get into this more as we talk about the Jets, I still think we have more talent than they do and the ability to go out there and have a, a functioning good offense. But uh, this definitely hurts all these uh, COVID guys. And Sam, let's be honest, Knock on wood, I guess, but it's only Thursday. We still got a couple more days to get to Sunday. There could be more tests. I hope Waddle and uh, Tua weren't playing pickleball this weekend together. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever we have to do at this point to isolate all of our players, cancel fucking practice, make everybody just sit in their dungeon of a home, you know, multi-million dollar homes, and do not leave until Sunday morning. If you could make that happen, that would be great because uh, I don't know. Yes, I agree. We have more talent than the Jets still, but I don't know how much more we can endure. I mean, at some point, like I said, we're a couple of tests away from uh, the phone call, you know, from 305 area code calling Chris Cullen and myself saying, hey, do you got to set a spare set of pads somewhere so you can uh, suit up this weekend? But uh, lots of stuff going on uh, during the. What was your favorite part of the bye week, Chris? Let's just let's just recap the bye week for you personally. What was your favorite part of the bye week? Uh, for me, it was just uh, flipping between the channels and watching the uh, watching the games. Uh, definitely watched. There were some really good games. Like uh, I, I tweeted about the Monday night game was really good. That was a banger. That was a great game tonight. San Diego or San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. Um, Herbert having that sixty plus yard throw, like unbelievable bomb. Bills losing. Josh Allen being in a in a boot is always fantastic. Don't give a shit. I hate the Bills. Um, it's weird being like, yeah, Tom Brady, nice job, uh, to Burchard Perriman of all people. Yeah. I think it just, it was just fun to just flip back and forth and watch all these games. Um, you know, one thing, and I tweeted about it, I will use this platform to talk about is I really need to stop hearing about Aaron Rodgers toe. Like I do, this needs to be the last time his toe is discussed in any kind of platform, podcast, news channel, sports station, or otherwise, because these producers are finding it really funny to keep like posting the picture of him holding his disgustingly gross foot up to the camera to show everyone his pinky toe. Like we don't know what that looks like. And now they like jokingly show it because it gets a rise out of the end wrap report or something. And I have to look at my 72 inch flat screen TV. Yeah, I'm flexing. And I see Aaron Rodgers fucking disgusting foot on it. I'm done with it. I'm, I don't care. Everyone's hurt right now. It's a pinky toe fracture. Get over it. I cannot believe it's been discussed so much in national media. It's been insane. Uh, you know, that, that that's how, you know, it was a bye week for the media as well. There's like, hey, we're just talking about his toe. For me, I, there was a couple things. I think watching the Bills lose and, and really start to implode here, Chris, uh, it actually makes the the two beatdowns that we, you know, received from them even more embarrassing. We talked about the Jaguars loss, but these two Bills losses that we had, they, they aren't the world beaters that they looked like they were against us. 
Um, you know, it's just a matter. It just goes to show you it's all, it's all about matchups and timing and everything else. Um, and then I think seeing the Raiders, the other one, the other team that's just absolutely fallen apart. I mean, they, they didn't even compete against the Chiefs. And, you know, those two teams, the more they fall, I, I could see Baltimore and or Cleveland based on, you know, COVID's, um, you know, reign of terror on them starting to fall as well. And it starts to look a little bit promising if the Miami Dolphins can endure this COVID uh, bullshit themselves uh, and get past the Jets and get healthy. You know, there's going to be a three-game stretch there where the Miami Dolphins could go from 13, like you said, in the in the AFC playoff race, all the way up to seven or six. I mean, it's it's there are some scenarios where that can happen. So it's an exciting time to be the Miami Dolphins. It's a crucial time to be a Miami Dolphins fan. And uh, you know, like most fans here, we're going to go take a break, take a piss, pay some bills, and come back and do a little bit of elite tweet, elite tweet action. We'll be back right after these words. We often say welcome to Perfect Bill, but it's time for you to say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create more stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make an outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. And we're back. Welcome to Perfectville. Sam Marcou, Chris Cullen. Part of the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And Chris, it's been a little bit. It's been a minute. We've had a bye week. We've had some time to really scour the internet, Twitter in in particular, and come up with the best of the best and the worst of the worst. A little bit elite tweet, delete tweet action. Are you ready? Born ready, Sam. It's my favorite segment. It's my favorite segment as well. And let's get started with Dan Jablonski at Dan underscore. There it is again, Jablonski. Mike Gesicki, Devontae Parker, Mac Hollins, and Isaiah Ford about to eat this weekend. Hollins and Gesicki will ask for extensions immediately after Sunday's game if they perform well. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Well, based on uh, us discussing Jalen Waddell now and the COVID protocol, protocols, he kind of was right in line to what we were talking about, who's going to step up, stand up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think... <laughs> A breakout game against the Jets is like any agent's going to be like, hell yeah, now it's time. Darrell Rivas is not the cornerback for the Jets anymore. So uh, delete tweet. I, I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, they're going to put the extension things a little little extra. Jablowski. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i going to go with uh, delete tweet as well. Although how awesome would it be if Hollins and Gesicki, after catching a touchdown pass eats against the Jets, walked right up to, you know, just like left the field, walked up the uh, the stadium steps and started knocking on the door where Chris Greer was watching the game and said, we'd like to sign an extension right now. Like that would be both amazing- just standing at doing the Johnny Manziel. They're both just standing there staring at Ross's box and like Dan Marino at first is clapping and then awkwardly like, they're not leaving. They just are standing at midfield waiting. They want like in wrestling, they want them to bring the contract signing like to like the 50 yard line with their agent. That'd be you great. Know, it would be great too. If like uh, the Miami dolphins got out in front of this, if they saw this too, we went, Oh shit, this could happen. So what they did is they put one contract and they hung it from the middle of the stadium. And they told Gasicki and Mac Collins, you know, the first one to climb up the ladder and get the contract will be the one that gets the extension. But I mean, what do you think about this? The, the fact that the Miami Dolphins, um, uh, and well, really the entire NFL now knows where the salary cap is going to be next year. I mean, there's plenty of money to actually resign both of these guys. I mean, Gesicki seems like a no brainer if he wants to be here, but uh, Mac Hollins, a guy that we have you know, somewhat lambasted on this show over the last couple of years, um, seems like he's really stepped up and become not only a good player, but kind of a good leader for the Miami Dolphins. What do you think about bringing Mac Hollins back? Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, you got to get better talent above them. I mean, it's good to have a, you know, a good third, fourth receiver. I mean, look, every time he gets an opportunity, he make he makes it right. Uh, that's, like we're that's not where I'm going. Drops. It. We're not yeah. seeing missed blocks. We're not seeing miss routes. It's just when he's on the field, he makes plays, and Tua likes throwing it to him. So did Fitzpatrick last year. I mean, he's a he's a good player. I, I, and I didn't even know he went to UNC. Like when they mentioned it on the 
one of the news broadcasts. I'm like, where the hell did I miss this guy? He must not have done anything in college. I'm like an hour and a half away and uh, didn't hear of him until he, I didn't hear of him when he was like on our team until he actually made a catch or two. And that Raiders game really boosted his confidence, the conf, uh, confidence last year. Uh, yeah, keep him around, but I'm not going to break, you know, break the bank for him. You're talking about Razor Ramon and HBK two ladder match. And we're talking Gesicki up here. Hollins, like, is just slightly better than Isaiah Ford at this point. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Someone, we know who's winning that match. All right. Well, this one, uh, the, the tweet technically comes from PFF, at PFF. I was made aware of this by you, so you're going to get a cosign on this or an assist. Um, and this has to do with the actual Cleveland Browns. Um, and it says, Case Keenum is excited to play with Nick Chubb. And then the quote is, with a picture of Nick Chubb, Having a full chub back there is going to be really good. Quote, end quote, Case Keenum. Capital letters, elite tweet, Sam. You don't even have to ask me. Elite tweet. Having a full chub back there is a good thing. Like, he knew exactly what he's doing. Case Keenum is our classic random white backup quarterback that we talk about. I mean, just classic that he's held around. And he's in that Josh McTown territory now where he can just say these things. And you're like, was he serious? Is that something like Texas Southern, like, uh, humor and it's like yeah full chub and you know chub has heard this his whole life um, but great joke great 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 joke and if it wasn't a joke that's even better it would be better, better. If, if, if he just you know accidentally said that I will say this I think PFF knew exactly what they were doing as well so that's what makes it an elite tweet is everybody's got tongue firmly planted in cheek with the quote with the tweet with the reactions uh, well done kind of a nice group effort Saturday Night Live at its best um, speaking of comedy uh, this one, again, an assist to you. You pointed this out to me. Um, this comes from Jerry Z at Zanata Gary or Zanata Jerry. Uh, I think it's a soft G. If the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs, I will get hashtag fins up tattooed on my ass. And then in whatever this is, that little weird thing, I will actually do this, not just say it. Uh, elite tweet or delete tweet with Jerry Z getting fins up tattooed on his ass. Should the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs? always an elite tweet when it comes to bodily functions, fluids, anything pertaining to the Miami Dolphins succeeding. Cause it's a win-win for both a, the Dolphins win and B we get to see some jackass tattoo something permanently on his ass, especially a hashtag Sam hashtags mean something now that didn't mean what they meant just like 20 years ago. So who knows what hashtag means uh, in 20 more years? And he'll have that permanently tattooed on his ass cheeks. I'm here for it. First, Dolphins playoffs be uh, Jerry. Gary gets, you know, it reminds me of Parks and Rec. We'll just call him Gary Jerry. Uh, gets a tattoo on his ass. That's great. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to say elite tweet just for the same reasons. Anytime somebody wants to physically maim their body on any level uh, for the sake of the Miami Dolphins, I want to watch it. I want to see it happen. Uh, but number two, I'm going to say it's somewhat of a delete tweet as well, and here's why. He didn't put any parameters in place. Now, I think the intent of the of the tweet was if they make the playoffs this season which would make more sense, right? Because it would be a hell of a haul to run basically nine in a row and they have a little bit of help and get to the playoffs. But he didn't put a time frame on this, which also might make it elite, Chris, but he didn't put a time frame on this. So I've screenshotted this tweet. And if in, let's say, three years, the Miami Dolphins make the playoffs, you better believe I am clapping back at Mr. Jerry Gary and saying, go to the tattoo parlor, pick your colors. It's time to get hashtag fins up on your butthole. So, uh, I agree with no, you. No, now it's the butthole. Oh, it's the butthole. The sun oh, and if will he, go and if all he the way around. And says there's some loophole or some shit. You just said clap back. We'll be clapping those cheeks. Oh yeah. Until you get that tattoo, buddy. We're coming that's, for you. That's right, Jerry. So uh, careful what you say. Twitter is forever, even if you delete it. I just threatened anal rape to a guy. On <laughs> I'm coming off a bye week, guys. We're coming in. We're coming in tough. We're coming in hot. Uh, coming in hot. Apparently, um, it's always good <laughs> to have a full chub back there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh this next tweet comes from actually the next couple of tweets are coming from former guests friends of the show this one comes from greg camarillo yes that greg camarillo at catch camarillo and he says cheers to the we're not the worst diversary hashtag fins up now what he is referring to chris is that 14 years ago today on this very date the miami dolphins beat the baltimore ravens in overtime Cleo Lemon to Rich Camarillo for the win in overtime. 
really one of the only times that we were able to beat the Baltimore Ravens when we were at our very, very worst. And uh, Greg Camarillo, not one to miss, probably the biggest highlight of his entire career. Uh, 14 years ago today, the Miami Dolphins were not the worst team ever. They went 1-15, suck at Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Elite tweet or delete tweet that we remember this fondly in Miami Dolphins history. <laughs> elite tweet for a few reasons. A, that was incredible. Uh, we were talking off air uh, in between breaks uh, how my, my, my wife and I just had gotten married two months prior to that. I was 20 years old. Uh, we were going crazy. Um, I, I still vividly, vividly remember Wayne Hazanga like sobbing and hugging his wife because they got that win. Um, and, and it's funny how like things happen, Sam. You mentioned former guest. Like, is Rich Greg Camarillo even on our show if he doesn't make that play? Like, right? He's just not. He, he's like a famous lore now in Miami Dolphins history because he made that catch and run in front of Ed Reed of all people scores we go crazy we're not the 0 and 16 is he even a known figure is he does he even have a job right he works for like nbc something out in the west coast and does stanford games and stuff does any of that happen if he doesn't make that catch you know that's a good that's that's one of those good sliding doors questions if that catch doesn't happen does greg camarillo's career continue on the trajectory that it was on i mean he had a good career after that he went to the vikings he played there if i'm not mistaken as well um but you're right. I don't know that he has it the 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 Miami Dolphins folklore if if he doesn't make that catch and we don't have that win, uh, which is pretty interesting. We should probably reach out to Greg and see if he wants to come on and talk about that a little bit more. But you know, I, I put him in the category on a much higher level, of course. Uh, somebody like Tony Bua. You know, Tony Bua is somebody that nobody has ever heard of outside of the Miami Dolphins fan base. And we've all pretty much forgotten about him. But as soon as you say Tony Bua, as soon as you invoke that name, what's the first thing that comes to mind, Chris? An amazing uh, blindside block. I think it was Little or somebody. What was his last name? It was on the St. Uh, Louis. It was, it, it, we were playing St. Louis Rams. And, and he, hit, he was like he, pissing blood afterwards. Yeah, he hit the guy so hard that the other guy, the guy he hit, the guy he blocked, ended up blocking Yet another Rams player. I mean, he took out two Rams players with one hit. That's the only thing anybody ever knows Tony Bua for in terms of a professional football player. Do you remember Zach Thomas going fucking ballistic with him on the sideline after that? Like almost like his welcome to the NFL moment. Zach Thomas was so thrilled as like his younger brother just made that block. Like it was just such an amazing block. And like you said, if you ask 31 other fan bases, the name something particular maybe the rams fans will know <laughs> oh who's tony boo and why why do we know who he is uh we're the only fan base that knows it but that was that was a huge block i actually uh i actually won a contest the other day i was talking to my buddy todd and we were naming random football players um and you had to one would name it and the other one would have to guess the team that they were on and you know what they played and uh, we're going back and forth and we both have pretty good football knowledge but then i dropped tony boo on him and he's like I have no idea who that is. And I was like, look it up, Google it right now. And you'll see he's famous for one thing. And he goes, Oh, that's a hell of a block. But I won the contest with Tony Bua name drop as nice. he dropped the St. Louis. When Rams. that always comes up, I always bring up uh, Brock Forsey. Remember yes. the random yes. white running back number 47, I think like it's just the most random knowledge to have. But that's why we have a successful podcast. We're very knowledgeable fans. Yeah, we, we know all kinds of random shit. We spend more time talking about punters and kickers than any other football podcast or sports podcast in the league, except for maybe this week. Uh, I'm guessing the Jaguars podcast on Believe Podcast Network might be talking about kickers this week. Um, but uh, another good game to play outside of this. I know we're doing elite tweet and delete tweet right now, but another good game to play. Ugliest baseball players. Ugliest major league baseball players. And uh, for me, it's always Otis Nixon. He always looks like he's just been put out on, in terms of being on fire. Like they just put the fire out on his face. But uh, there's a lot of ugly. Randy Johnson, another really ugly baseball player. AJ um, Burnett was pretty ugly. He looked like the Kid Rock stunt double. That's a that's a very good one. I, I think that's uh, uh, AJ Pudge, Pudge was a pretty ugly dude. Pudge was kind of a pretty guy. He was short, but he uh, he didn't look. He was like a Rey Mysterio. You know, he's kind of got a handsome face. He just had the mask <laughs> over him the whole time. So you didn't really you couldn't really tell. But um, John Cruck. Now you got me one. scratching my head thinking of ugly baseball. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. There, there really I think is. Baseball more than any other sport has the uh, maybe hockey, but hockey is like kind Mark of forced. Mark McGuire, if he wasn't on steroids, he's a ginger, like pale with tons of freckles, like 
with that weird handlebar goatee from the nineties, like really ugly with a with a mullet. Yeah, really ugly guy. Yeah, Mark Randy McGuire is a great one. He was Mark insane. McGuire was probably three freckles away from having the perfect tan. You know, like <laughs> he just had to. He needed three more freckles, <laughs> freckles and that tan. entire body would have been a glorious brown. But no, instead was it's just an a ugly motherfucker. Um, God, he played for the Red Sox, the caveman guy. In, in, in when they won the World Series, oh Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon, he looks like a caveman. Like if, if he didn't like, he's the type of if he didn't like trim his eyebrows and stuff, they're gigantically bushy and everywhere, and he just looked like he just like grunts when he talks. Like yeah, he's just an ugly dude. But Johnny I mean, Damon, see Johnny Damon was like, he's a pretty guy. He's a good looking guy who forced himself to be ugly. He's like the Johnny true. Depp of baseball. If you look at Johnny Damon when he was on the Royals early in his career, he had like a model looking face. He was like a good looking guy, true. but he yeah, maybe I think that's he a bad take. Yeah, I just think I mean, he wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be a gritty baseball player, so he got himself ugly. But he's like Johnny Depp, you know. Johnny Depp's this handsome guy, but he takes all these roles where he's like this weird, bizarre guy. Uh, so I, I think Johnny Depp. I'm going to say delete tweet to your uh, to your. Johnny yeah, I'm going to go ahead and actually backtrack on that and and say that was a bad take. You're right uh, if you put it that way. Fun fact: in South Florida, uh, right after the 2003 World Series, where the Marlins won against the Yankees, it was a couple of years, maybe a year or two after that. Um, Juan Pierre had a wiffle ball tournament in Wellington, Florida, and That's Johnny Damon was there. And Johnny Damon's fucking calf was the size of a NBA official size basketball, <laughs> like just gigantic muscular calves. And I could not believe it because you don't you don't look at the guy on TV and you're like, oh, he's jacked the shit. Like he was fucking jacked to the, the to the roof. And I'll never forget how big his fucking one calf was. It was the size of a of a Thanksgiving turkey breast. Like it's unbelievable how big his calf was and just solid rock. So that was fun. Juan Pierre wiffle ball tournament. Good Juan, Juan Pierre, what I remember about him is he did that freestyle rap after the Marlins won a World Series, right? And I remember he said something, and I don't remember who the team was, and, and the, the, the line that hit me was, and yeah, we beat him. And it sounded so cheesy, like Christian rap from 1993. And, and it was like Juan Pierre. I was there. like Mike Lowell was rapping, not Juan Pierre. Oh, it was so terrible. It was so bad. But uh, that's another guy, Dontrell Willis. Um, he's, he's an ugly, he's an ugly baseball player. He wasn't good looking. Yeah, he 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 was pretty goofy looking. Yeah, yeah. He, he, but he man, he was great. He was Dude, great. Dontrell is like the reason I I wear flat bill hats and t- I tilted them in the side when I was a kid. Like I I wanted to be Don Dontrell Willis. Fun fact: I actually went to a Marlins game. <laughs> this is how shitty the Marlins were back then. This is after two thousand three. Dontrell was still on the team, but it's like we were really bad. We signed like Carlos Delgado and tried to win a bunch of yeah. games, and it, it didn't work out. Um, but the first 10,000 fans got a free gas can. Sam, a gas can. Are you kidding me? That was their giveaway. But here's the thing. Was it full was like, filled with gas? <laughs> no, completely empty. An empty gas can. And this is like 2000, you know, six, seven, when eight, when the economy was collapsing, they're giving away gas cans, empty gas cans. So guess what I did with it, Sam? I took it home and I makeshifted it into a bong <laughs> and I named it D-Train, put, wrote D-Train on it. Detrain the bong. It's actually a great idea. If anybody smokes pot, I don't anymore. But you take the 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 funnel and turn it so it goes upwards. That's where you smoke out of. I just jammed a hole into the side of it, and the uh, the the yellow cap. You flip it upside down, put some holes into it, aluminum foil over. Boom! You're lighting it. You fill up the whole gas can. It was crazy. We actually left it in the townhouse we lived in when we moved out. So some family moved in. Here's detrain the bong, a gas can that they gave away. Thanks, Marlins. I uh. <laughs> I can't help but think about the fact that we have two national sponsors for this show now that uh, signed year-long contracts. We're like clapping cheeks and smoking weed. At, I mean, come on, weed's, weed's not taboo anymore. Like, it's not, and this was uh, I was this is pre-podcast. Guys. Well, I do. I would also say that I mean, one of them is a national sponsor is is a gambling website. So if they have <laughs> if they have okay issues with, with our content, then uh, you know I, I I can only imagine. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, we're, we're going to get off the ugly baseball players, although that would be kind of a fun podcast, too. Um, but uh, we're going to get back to I have one more elite. We wasted all our time on John Crock and Otis fucking Nixon. Um, <laughs> we just have one more. Tweet. Andy Johnson's acne in his neck. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh, you can imagine like every time he just throws a hundred mile an hour fastball, like four zits just pop and just like splash oh all over the side of his neck. It's <laughs> the weirdest podcast. You can tell we've been off a week. It's just insane. Uh, all right. Well, uh, somehow this is Greg Camarillo's fault. Okay. Um, moving on, another former guest, Jamie Nails. 
at jnails66. And I'm surprised at this. I, I'm I, This is going to be controversial here. Jamie Nails says, how did sorry-ass Dan Orlovsky become an expert on football? How many games has he won again? And then three smiley, cry, laughing faces. Jamie Nails bringing the heat against Dan Orlovsky. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Um, <laughs> I'm a, I love Jamie. Uh, great guest. Uh, he, he, he was great. Um, but I'm going to say delete tweet. Dan Orlovsky has been great. He's pretty, pretty damn good on NFL Live. And I think a lot of Dolphins fans are going to agree with me because he's been really one of the national pundits that have been super defensive of Tua and actually providing factual information to back it up. So for him to just randomly attack Dan Orlovsky, a former player, like, I mean, yeah, you can be bad at playing football, but be a good at breaking it down. I mean, that, that makes sense. Unless unlike, you're Chris, you know, Sims. Chris Sims. Yeah, unlike Chris Sims, uh, you can be bad at football and bad at everything else. Uh, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a delete tweet, man. Jamie's a great guy with delete tweet on that one. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say elite tweet one, because I want <laughs> Jamie to come back on the show. And two, because I didn't call him an asshole. I just said, <laughs> said the delete the tweet, <laughs> but, but I love the fact that like, I don't know what, what happened today, but Jamie Nails just woke up and was like, you know what? Fuck another former NFL player. I'm going to tell you know, he's in a bathrobe drinking coffee, watching NFL live right now, or like get up with Stephen A. Smith. And he's like, is that fucking, is that Dan Orlovsky? Like what, what is, how is he getting paid? He, he does this full time, probably Googled it. And he's like pissed. And he's like, I'm going to tweet about this immediately. <laughs> uh, I go elite tweet. You say delete tweet. It's okay to have a disagreement from time to time. We're looking at it from two different lenses, I suppose. But I was shocked. Jamie Nail's like the nicest guy in the world. I've never seen him say a bad word about anybody, but apparently Dan Orlovsky must've, uh, you know, kicked him in the shin while he was practicing his field goals or something, because I don't understand the, uh, the, the upsetness that Jamie nails has towards. Yeah, we don't look up at their ever teammates or played against each other. Maybe he snubbed them on a handshake after a game or something. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out because I don't know that their timelines in the NFL crossed, but, uh, I could be wrong. I have no idea. Maybe they were both at like a, you know, uh, some sort of signing of autographs or something. And, Dan uh, didn't sign Jimmy Nail's baseball card, or I have no fucking clue. But uh, anyway, <laughs> there you go. Kind of the most bizarre elite tweet, delete tweet we've ever done, but fun nonetheless. Uh, let us know uh, if there's any other elite tweets or delete tweets out there. Send them our way. That always helps us make this segment that much better. And of course, any and all ugly baseball players, feel free to tweet at us and let us know all about them. We'll be back right after these words. We're going to talk a little bit Jets, Dolphins, COVID playoffs. We'll figure it out. We'll be back right after this. Unless you've been living under a rock and you don't own a calendar or a smartphone or any sort of internet device, you know that the holidays are right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, by the time you're listening to this commercial right now, the holidays are officially here, at least for all the shopping purposes, because you need to get there online right now and order all your Miami Dolphins swag for those beautiful Miami Dolphins fans in your lives in order to get it here by the holidays. So start now. Make that list, check it twice, and head to welcometoperfectbuild.com. Click on the Amazon banner and do all of your shopping at Amazon.com. No hidden fees, no extra charges, just regular old Amazon.com by way of welcometoperfectbuild.com. But because you did that tiny, teeny little extra step by going to our website first, welcometoperfectbuild.com, every purchase you make, a few shillings go back in the welcometoperfectbuild.com pocket. That's right. All the gifts you buy your loved ones, you give us the gift of keeping the website open. So the next time you need to go to Amazon.com for anything, including Miami Dolphins swag and paraphernalia, head to welcometoperfectbill.com first and click on the banner. You'll be glad you did. Well, I mean, at least you won't be unglad you did. And we're back. Segment number three, Dolphins, Jets, Sam Marku, Chris yes. Colin, Believe Podcast, betonline.ag. Here we are, Chris. So we talked all about it. Jalen Waddle down, running back room down, Javon Holland down, Tua Tungavailoa, as far as we know, still up against the hapless, awful New York Jets. Six and seven, Miami Dolphins coming off of a bye week, uh, five-game win streak. Really, I mean, if you really think about it, the Miami Dolphins are playing playoff football right now. Every single week is essentially right. a playoff game because if they lose, they're most likely eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, the the talent equalizing out because of COVID hitting the Miami Dolphins so hard. Uh, but how do you see this one going? It's a home game. 
The Miami Dolphins, much better than the New York Jets. But the Jets would love to play spoiler to the Miami Dolphins right now. Uh, how do you see this one going? What happens? How do the Miami Dolphins overcome COVID-19 for this game? This is the most Miami Dolphins season, Jets, Dolphins game ever. We've got our stud should be Pro Bowl receiver, Jalen Waddell out. Our stud should be Pro Bowl rookie safety, Javon Holland possibly out. Um, the good thing is we'll have um, our two corners <laughs> as of now uh, still and our, uh, our defensive pass rush, which is great. Here's the problem. We, we, we almost lost to the Jets last time we played them with Joe fucking Flacco playing quarterback. Here we'll be playing rookie Zach Wilson, who we've never played before, who in normal history, the Dolphins have trouble against quarterbacks that could scramble, improvise, things like that. We've been okay this year against Terod Taylor, against Lamar Jackson, um, things of that nature. But this is a total crapshoot. It's a different team. Now, they're down Michael Carter, who absolutely – kicked our ass the first time we played them for long runs and great and great stuff. Um, we still are in the driver's seat in this game, but uh, I wanted to mention to you, someone brought it up on Twitter. The next four games, we've got the jets, we've got the saints, we've got the Titans uh, and we've got the Patriots and the season. Someone said Tua will be the best quarterback in all four of these games. I, I don't know. I mean, so Zach Wilson. Yeah. He's a rookie. We'll call it that. Saints is Taysom Hill, uh, unless you're Chris Sims, who we should just stop saying his name. Um, he's a better quarterback. Then you got good old Ryan Tannehill, right? Ryan Tannehill, who's uh, right here in a picture on my wall. Uh, if you can't see it there, that's a, there the, he is. the miracle there, which is pretty cool. And his jersey is over there behind Thor. But, yeah, um, I, I, I'm, if you can't see it, by the way, I'm showing off my man cave. Um, but, yeah, that's it, an g- interesting question because then you got Mac Jones, and it's like it's a bit of Mac Jones. He's doing kind of like a lot of the same things as Mac Jones. Back to the Jets game. We've still got better talent. We've still got a better defense. We're at home. We've had a bye week to prepare for it, Sam. We should, by all accounts, come out and kick their ass. But it's a Jets. It's a rivalry, and we should, should, air quotes, win this game. Those are the games we always lose. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly can't overlook the Jets. I mean, Miami Dolphins have been guilty in years past of, you know, uh, essentially falling into a trap game, right? I don't think the Miami Dolphins are built to to, uh, to to have trap games anymore. I think they understand what the prize is. They have their eyes on that prize. Uh, I think especially if they get back to 500, which is what this game would represent if then when they beat the Jets. They have a legit, you'll start to see not only in the hunt, you're going to see them a little bit closer to that last playoff spot. Um, I don't think they're going to win the division, even if they were to win out, but they have a legit chance of making the playoffs. And if they win this game, there's a three game stretch here that they're going to be highly motivated to get their players back from COVID and just hit the ground running hard. I, I don't, Zach Wilson does not scare me. Um, a, because he's a rookie B, I don't think he's that good. I know other people thought he was good. I just, I didn't see it in him coming out of college. Um, the, my, the, the New York Jets just don't have a lot of talent and the talent that they do have, like you said, is probably going to be out in this game. Um, I think we could absorb Javon Holland on the back end of this defense being out as long as everyone else is still healthy because you still have Jalen Phillips on the line. You still have Emmanuel Ogba on the line. You still have, you know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones that can play on islands out there. I think we have enough talent with Brandon Jones and other people that can plug in for a game especially against the Jets at the safety position and not get burned deep. Um, So I think defensively, we're going to be just fine against this Jets offense. Offensively, not having Jalen Waddell, if nothing else, it's going to be an interesting experiment for the Miami Dolphins. Devontae Parker being back, great. Mike Isicki being there and probably being the focal point of this offense for this game. I'm okay with that too. You might see a lot of tight ends. Durham Smythe might be getting a lot. Mac Hollins, who's that hybrid wide receiver tight end, might be getting a lot. I don't know how we're going to run the ball. Um, it might be, you know, I, my thought was if Jalen Waddle is going to play, he might be our, our leading rusher. You know, we might be handing him the ball a lot. Don't sleep on Albert Wilson in this game. That's what I'll say. I think Albert Wilson might be mm. the best Wilson in this game. Uh, other people are saying Isaiah Ford, but I think Albert Wilson, this would be the type of game where a veteran can step up and say, they need me now more than ever, and they can pop him in, and he can run the plays that Jalen Waddell would typically be run for. Um, I think the Miami Dolphins win this game. I, I think it'll be very similar to what we did with the Jets before. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't think we're going to blow them out of the water simply because we 
just don't do that as a team very often, right? So uh, I could see it very similar to what we did with the Giants where that was like a 20 to nine. I think the defense steps up. We confuse Zach Wilson quite a bit. We probably sack him quite a bit. I'm going to go, Chris. I'm going to say we go 21 to 10 Dolphins over the Jets. Yeah, I've gone to 27-13 Miami. Um, I think we score a little bit more than that, uh, just being at home. And um, honestly, it's like one of those things where um, God, I forgot the coach that said it. It might have been John Harbaugh uh, that said that player is out. Uh, it actually makes it tougher to defend because you knew in those third down situations, two is looking for Waddle. Now he's gone. You can't game plan. Is he going to go to Parker? Is he going to go to Gusecki? Is he going to hit Wilson? So it's tougher to game plan. When it's Waddle, you're like, all right, put your best guy on Waddle on third and eight because that's who he's going to go to. Now you don't have that. It actually makes it more difficult, makes Tua spread the ball out more. Um, I think Duke Johnson has a really good game. Like, honestly, if you watch his press conference, somebody asked him about suiting up for the Dolphins in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, where he grew up around. He said he's been dreaming about it since he was in middle school. So this is a motivated guy, tail end of his career that wants to still prove he's got it. He's never been a bell cow and been a 30 rush guy. You don't do that as an offense. So if he's fresh, has 10 carries, maybe a couple catches, I can see Duke Johnson surprising people and having a good game uh, with Malcolm Brown too. Enough to balance. Our defense is just better. Our defense kicks rookie quarterbacks' asses other than Trevor Warren. And we really shut them down. I think Zach Wilson has a rough game. It's going to be warm. Um, the crowd's going to be loud and hot after a bye week and on a five-game stretch where we know there's a great possibility of playoffs. Nothing better than a recipe than to get Miami Dolphins fans into the stadium, being loud and proud. I think we definitely kicks, kicks the shit out of them. And I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona, three or four or two hours behind Eastern Standard Time, watching from a casino, making a parlay bet or two at the sports book. We don't have that in North Carolina because we're pilgrims. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for Sunday. <laughs> because we're pilgrims. Uh, and sometimes the, uh, the name of the episode just comes to us. Uh, well, there you go. Chris has it 27 14, I think you said 13. 13, and I've got it 21 to 10. Uh, either way, the Miami Dolphins look like they're going to go to seven and seven and uh, keep their playoff aspirations alive. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I know you are as well. It's always fun to beat the Jets, whether they're good or bad. But uh, when we can, I, they're already eliminated from playoff contention. But if we can just like shove their face further into the mud, so be it. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, Chris, anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? That's it, my man. Good to be back. Good to be back. Welcome back to the town of Perfectville for all the citizens of Perfectville and on behalf of the entire Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. The only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.